Welcome back to Impact Television. I'm here with Don DiCostanzo, founder and CEO of Pedigo Bikes, also a great friend of mine, and it's so exciting to have you here at my home in San Clemente, which you lived in San Clemente. Tell our audience a little bit about your background and how you got into what you do. Well, I started out uh, my career in the automotive space, and I learned all about cars, and uh, my family had a chain of car dealerships, and I worked in that, and I worked for an automotive chemical company. I used to live right over there on a hill and commute all the way to Azusa, California. Wow. I did that for 20 some odd years. And then um, that company was acquired by a larger company and I stayed there for two years and then I moved on and became an entrepreneur. And I own 40 car washes, um, mostly in Texas, uh, Florida and Arizona. Awesome. And uh, once I sold those, it was 2008, I wasn't quite ready to retire. I lived at the beach and I wanted to get up the hill but I didn't want to do all the work to do it. So right. I ended up buying an electric bike it's a horrible electric bike, but it got me up the hill. So you bought an electric I bike. I bought an electric bike. You didn't like put bike. it together in like no, your garage. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I don't have any design skills whatsoever. Okay. Uh, I bought one online. Um, I, I I put it together after about three months of working with the company because it was in bad shape when I got it. it. Finally got me up the hill, and I bought seven more that year. Oh really? And everybody was riding them, and everybody loved them. And I thought this is a great idea. Right. So I opened up a retail store in Newport Beach next to the Crab Cooker. Okay. And I say next to the Crab Cooker, I mean contiguous to it. We shared a wall with it. Oh, wow. And uh, I sold electric skateboards, electric scooters, electric golf carts, wow. uh, even an electric car uh, called a Zen and electric bikes. And electric bikes far beyond became the one that I thought was going to be. And good. about what year was that done? That was in uh, uh, 2007. Okay. So here's a great example for our audience because we have thousands of entrepreneurs watching this. You know, it's not necessarily you have to be the one to invent it. Very much like when we just interviewed Palmer Lucky, he didn't invent virtual reality. What he invented was Oculus, and Oculus was a version of virtual reality. Don saw something in electric transportation. You tried all these different nodes, but it was the bike. Was it people that would ride it, and then you just kind of gained insight that that was the one vehicle of all your, your electric modes? Uh, that people were leaning into, and then you said, you know what, I'm going to double down on this. Is is that what it was? Did you do your own sort of market research with your friends? Yeah, I called it a laboratory. Um, I tested everything, electric scooters, electric skateboards. Electric bikes just were magnetic. People would right. come to them, they would ride them, and come back with a big smile on their face. Yeah. And every one of them was overjoyed at the prospect that they could now go and ride a bike. And interesting enough, it was an older demographic. I mean, it was people 50s and 60s right. that rode bikes when they were kids, stopped riding bikes as they got older, because they didn't want to put up with the wind or the hills. Sure. So those people would come in and they'd be delighted. And, and tell you the truth, those bikes back then, they were pretty bad. Right. Um, we, they were, we would buy cruiser bikes and we would put a 30 pound battery pack on the back. This was pre-lithium battery wow. pack. We put goodness. a 500 mot watt motor on the front to balance it out. They're a little bit wonky, right. but they were like a big overblown scooter that looked right. like a bike. Right. But when lithium batteries came out in 2008, which was the turning point for me, I knew that was the catalyst that would, because we went from an, a 30 pound battery pack to an eight pound battery pack, and it would go three times further and last a hundred times longer. Impressive. Tell us a little bit about how power and battery plays into this whole dynamic with your business and your success. One of our uh, future interviews is with Sean Doherty, the founder of Mophie, and it's incredible what she's been able to do for the phone and what you've been able to do with lithium ion for bike transportation. How important is that power source and is that a core differential that you have at Pedego over others in the marketplace? Just curious. Well, everybody's gone to lithium because it only makes sense. In the beginning days, we used three motorcycle batteries strung together. That was where we got our power oh source. God. And they were not, they're not designed, designed for fast charging and fast depletion. Right. Wasn't the best application. 
Uh, Elon Musk came into a, a Tesla about the same time, and he saw the same thing. Mm -hmm. The early versions of cars back in the 90s when General Motors had their electric cars, right. they failed because they were lead-acid batteries. The technology of lithium changed everything. It changed it for phones. Remember the phones we used to carry around sure. and the bricks we used to have? Right. The same thing. So on a bike, you need a lot of power. It takes a lot of energy. So right. certainly not as much as in a car, but the 18650 cells, lithium right. ion cells that, that are at the bottom of a Tesla, there's about 7,000 of them. Right. We only need 70. Sure. But they're still the same. It's the same source. And so tell me about the spark in you that led towards entrepreneurism. Rather than just going to work for a company for the rest of your life, what gave you the courage and the vision to step outside of the norm and to just be an entrepreneur and build this enterprise? Well, I would say I grew up in an entrepreneurial background. My uncle owned a chain of car dealerships, and I, I, I just respected him and just thought he lived the life because he did anything that he wanted. Right. He always drove nice cars. And um, I thought that was what I wanted to be an entrepreneur. But I got sucked into the corporate world after I got out of college, and I worked there for 20-some-odd years. And right. I always say I work for the man. Sure. And, you know, when you work for the man, it's a little bit different than right. it is. And, and you can be the man. Uh, so uh, when, I, when, I, when I left the corporate world, I decided it was my time to be an entrepreneur. I was in my early 40s and I had some capital uh, in which to do that. So right. I broke out, even though I still had kids in school and kids to put in college, I decided that was the time for me to become an entrepreneur. I think it was a good time too, because I'd had that balance and I learned a lot from the corporate world about what to do and what not to do at right. their expense. Right. And so becoming an entrepreneur in my 40s, I think was ideal. But, you know, so many people struggle with entrepreneurism. We start a business. We have a diverse audience of men and women across the nation that are starting their own business. The difference between something that works and is sustainable and something that starts and then drops off a cliff. In your opinion, and it doesn't matter what it is. I'm in marketing. You're in electric transportation. What do you think it is? What kind of advice do you have for our audience to kind of work through those hardships to overcome and, and actually build a sustainable uh, business? Well, the first thing that I think is a passion is a critical element. Yeah. Don't go into business for yourself just because you want to make money, okay? That's a formula for failure. You've got to find something that you're passionate about. My daughter came to me a few years ago and she's making a lot of money, but I don't love it. Right. I said, well, you need to find something you love to do. And she did. And right. now she says, Dad, since I, I got this, I took started my own company, I haven't worked. Right. And I'd say the same thing. Since I became an entrepreneur, I don't consider this work. Right. And it's like my hobby. Sure, exactly. And it's, it's the best kind of lifestyle right. you have. Right. But it's not for everybody. Right. If you need structure, if you need somebody to tell you what you do and you get up in the morning, you're not cut out to be an entrepreneur. To be an entrepreneur, you've got to be a self-starter. You've got to be energetic. But most important, you've got to master your profession. So whatever you do, you better be the best at it. Right. In her case, it's horseback riding. Right. Okay, she loves horses, so she's in that business. She shouldn't be going to some business just to make money so she can feed her horse habit. She gets the best of both worlds. And for many years, Don, as I uh, coach kids in college and high school when I do speeches, I always say focus on making a difference, not on the dollar. If you focus on the impact that you're making, eventually the dollars will follow. And I completely agree with you. Entrepreneurism, the lens I see in my life is through my business. It's in my soul. And you've got to have that. And you'll find, you'll discover it and follow your passions. My passions were coding. And I mixed that with a PR degree. And that's how I created internet marketing. So following that passion, maybe your daughter's is equestrian, let's say, and finding that and mixing it with tech. Maybe yours is electric uh, transportation and finding that and being an entrepreneur and being great at it. In your opinion, how did Pedigo go from one shop in Newport Beach next to the crab cooker into this multiverse, you know, multi-state business? I was uh, charging my Tesla in St. George, Utah in a random strip mall, and here I see Pedigo. I mean, 
What a, what a tribute to your success. What was part of that phenomenon to grow? Well, um, I think it's it's steps. It's, nothing happened automatically. Right. Um, as people say, you're an instant success and a, an instant overnight success. Uh, yeah, 12 years later. Um, first of all, as an entrepreneur, there are no failures. Right. You know that. There's only learning experiences. So I never judged anything that I tried and didn't work as a failure. I learned right. it as no not to do that again. Right. And my philosophy has always been do more of what works and what less of what doesn't work. So every day in business, this is working. Let's do more of that. This is not working. Let's stop that. Sure. Don't, don't get married to something because you thought it was a good idea. Right. If everybody else doesn't think it's a good idea, it might not be. Totally agree. So most of it's from consumer feedback, though. So that first store I had was a laboratory. Right. I understood that women wanted colors. Mm -hmm. We have infinite number of colors, and the women love it. They want to know whether the bike's going to go with their outfit or not. Right. And men wanted to know how fast they go and how right. far they go. Oh, absolutely. So those are the three things we right. concentrate right. on. And women are concerned about how far they'll go, too, because nobody wants to run out of juice. I right. remember my first Tesla. I ran out of juice, okay, because I bought the lower battery. I didn't want right. to spend the money and get... Did you literally battery. run out? I literally ran out. Okay. They had a t and you know how you get uh, 100 feet from, from where you are to the towing station? It's yeah. called a tow truck. You can't okay. push it. It's too heavy. <laughs> So AAA had to come and tow right. me in. Yeah. And I've come close on my Tesla where it's like nothing left. And then all these wattage things come up. And I'm thinking, gosh, I'm sure Elon Musk has thought this through, that there's going to be backup energy in this thing. I mean, how much further, by the way, do you know, will it go on well, zero? Well, I found out. Uh, it, not, not very far. <laughs> okay. um, I was going up a hill, and I kept watching it cl uh, click down. Right. But I can tell you, on an electric bike, though, on sure. a Pedego, when you yeah. run out, you can still pedal. You can still pedal. So you're not right. out you can't, of energy. You can't, you can't, unless you're like a Flintstone. You're not pedaling a tesla you can still we've got okay. gears and you can pedal it and you can still get home don brought up a good point and my father used to always tell me this if you learn from your failure as an entrepreneur then you've actually gained so you can actually be successful by failing if you learn from it if you keep making the same failure over and over again then ultimately you're going to lose so keep that in mind now i read an article you wrote let's talk a little bit about safety because obviously that's a big part of any sort of transportation be it tesla or pedago um you know, I look at like these um, birds and, 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 you know, these devices out there, these scooters, to me that seems very dangerous. The wheels just seem like rocks. Where like electric bikes, I feel like I, I'm safe. And I, I actually own a Pedego, it's awesome. And I always feel safe on it. What's the dynamic and the difference from a safety uh, standpoint? Well, there's a lot going on here. So first of all, the, all these small wheeled scooters, you hit a bump, it's it's a problem. Those should not be traveling at 20 miles an hour. Right. When you're on a bike, 20 miles an hour is fine as long as you're aware of what's around you. So we build our bikes with safety in mind. Uh, they're regulated to 20 miles an hour. They won't go any faster than that. That's not only a regulation, but it, it's it's self-imposed by the industry. Right. We don't think you should go any faster. doesn't mean you can't go faster than that down a hill. I'm sure you probably get up to 30, but it's not necessary to go fast. So right. um, we're doing a whole series of training classes next year on safety. Safety is awesome. going to be a big part of the issue for us because right. as we get more and more people out riding bikes, some of them need to get some safety instructions. Right, I mean, right. it's what I'd consider to be common sense, but people forgot to ride a bike, or maybe when they were a kid, they weren't taught about. You follow the traffic directions, you look for cars. Just like riding a motorcycle, you need to pretend that nobody sees you, you're right. invisible. Exactly. I encourage people to ride on the bike paths where there are no cars. Right. And, and when you're riding an electric bike or a bike or anything, a scooter or anything, the cars are the enemy. Right. You don't have that problem when you're out on a bike path. And how diverse is Pedego now? How many SKUs do you have in products? Is it is it in the dozens now? or? Well, we have uh, actually 19 different models. Okay. And of those models, we have different sizes of all those different models and different versions of them. Right. So it can be overwhelming sometimes if you're entering this market. How do you, it's like sit and sleep, right? You go on a mattress. It's like, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. How do you, how do you 
bring that in and customize the experience for, for that customer. Well, that's a great analogy because buying a mattress is you go try them, you lay them, you forgot what the first one felt like. It's a little bit different on, on an electric bike. You go into a, one of our locations and people say, should I buy an electric bike? I say, absolutely not. Go rent one. Right. Try the one that's right for you. Try the one that fits you right because they come in all different sizes, all different shapes, and so do people. Sure. Some people have long legs, some people have short legs, some sure. people have a short torso, longer arms. Right. You gotta get on the bike and feel comfortable with it. Some people don't wanna put a leg over the back. It's a little difficult for them. So my advice is to go rent one. Right. Rent one for two hours or rent one for a day and get the experience and then you'll decide whether it's right for you or not. Sure. And that'll help you discern which one you're gonna want. It'd be great if you could go to a mattress store and sleep right, on a mattress, right, right? Right, right, right? How many people get a mattress, take it home and they don't like it? Right. Oh, we didn't, you know, for a whole month I tried to sleep on this mattress and I couldn't get comfortable. You don't have to do that on a bike. You can try it in a matter of minutes. You can figure out which one's right for you. And I know there's all sorts of electric bikes in the market, but a Pedego is, is very distinct. You can recognize it, you know it. It feels good. Tell us a little bit about branding and marketing, color design, how, how you build that, that, that fabric. Because I think for so many of our entrepreneurs that have products of their own, how important is that part of the business? It's critical. So I'm a 4P marketing person. I also believe in brand ubiquity. If I said electric cars, what are you going to say? Right. Right. There's Tesla, Tesla. right? If yeah. I said uh, uh, yoga wear, what are right, you going right, to say? Right, right, yeah. Lululemon. Right, there's yeah. no, I mean, yeah. you, I can go down the list. If I said sure. coffee shop, you're exactly. going to say Starbucks. Right, so right. every every category only gets one. Right. Like yeah. Evite, one of our clients, it's just, there's Evite, e right? So you get that, that brand dominance. And, and if I said, uh, you know, you, I'm going to take a ride share, you wouldn't say that. Even right. if you're going to take Lyft, Uber. you're, right. yeah. you're going to uh -huh. say, I'm taking sure. an Uber. So right. everybody gets to be that one. So we intentionally built the brand to build that brand into it. So it's not about selling bikes. Our competitors are all about selling bikes. Right. We're about building a brand. We're not interested in selling bikes. We have no salespeople in our company. Right. All right. Awesome. No. Right. We did a hundred million dollars in business with no salespeople. Because all of the people that, that, that visit our stores and come in to try our bikes, they're there to get educated. Right. So I believe education is the new marketing yeah. and the internet is the best place to educate people. Awesome. It's just a tool. Everybody does the research. You know right. the numbers better than I do. Almost 90% of everybody does pre-purchase evaluation on the right. internet, right? Exactly, and, absolutely. And I can tell you that, we can tell that from right. our ads. You mentioned the four Ps, I think, for our business audience especially. Can you tell us what those four Ps are and how you built that shell around your business? It's a whole class, but I'll, I'll go real okay. quick. Uh, the first one is the product. You have okay. to have an awesome product. By the way, you need all four Ps. You can't skip out a P. Okay. You could have three phenomenal Ps and right. miss a fourth one okay. and you, you might as well fail. So right. the first <laughs> P is the product. You gotta have an awesome product, okay? You could almost not have an awesome product. If you're good in the other P's, you might succeed. Harley Davidson is a good example of that. They own the 52% market share of the motorcycle market. And I said, motorcycle, you're gonna say Harley. Do they have the best product? The Harley owners will tell you a BMW or a Ducati or a Yamaha or a Honda is probably a better motorcycle at half the price. Yet okay. they have an illusion about it. So right. product is important, but sure. it's not everything. Right. Um, the second one is the price. The price is the hardest part. People think it's easy, you just set the price. No, you have to set the price that, number one, that the customers will buy it. Number two, that you can make money on it as the, as the, as the manufacturer. And number three, and just as important, your suppliers can make money. Because if, if you beat them so low on price, they can't make any money. Right. They can't, so that's, price is important. You wanna get the, the, the optimum price is one the consumer will pay and everybody can make a reasonable margin. The next one would be promotion. You got a great product, you got, you got the right price, but nobody knows about right, it. Right, right. So, you, hey, great, I got a phenomenal product, but and everybody tells about it. And then the fourth one, to, uh, to me, is the single most important, is P, placement. That is really distribution. How do you right. get it there? That's where we differ from everybody else. Okay. We have 100, almost 150 stores now. Wow. Uh, one that you saw in St. George, yeah. Utah, is actually the third store 
that Zach opened up. He started in Salt Lake and opened one there, and then he opened one in Ogden and somewhere else, and then he opened up uh, right. in, in, in St. George. So um, how do people get to experience your product? Right. A lot of times, if it's in a candy bar, you can buy it on the internet. If you don't like it, you throw it away or you send it back. If you buy clothing, if they don't fit, you send them back. Sure. A bike's a little more difficult because right. you can't send it back. Yeah. It's got a lithium battery sure. in it, and you have to be licensed to ship it. So there's a lot of people selling bikes online People get it in a box, it's the wrong size, it's the wrong color, it's got a right. scratch on it. Right. Just nightmare. Uh, mattresses are a little bit different. There's a lot of online mattresses, sure. but if you get a mattress and you don't like it, how do you get it back in the box and ship it back? <laughs> Good so luck, right? Those yeah. are the four Ps. Right. And it's important to know that all four are critically important and you gotta make sure that you've, I pay attention to all four right. of those Ps every right, day. Right. I, I have four Ps in my inside my eyelids. Maybe you can come back for Impact 21 and, and teach a course just on the four Ps. I think it's invaluable. And, and I just learned a lot just with my own business in that framework. That's huge. And I agree with you. It's like each P is, a, is, is like a, you know, holding up the chair, right? Like one of the legs. So if one of them breaks, stick. you're going to fall. So you need them all. That's, that's impressive. Um, the other thing is you mentioned Harley-Davidson. Recently, I think the whole world has seen, Harley has introduced their first electric yeah. bike. Is that a reactive play in your opinion? They're seeing companies like Pedego coming into their market share. Why did Harley make this move and what's your thoughts on it? Well, so the whole move for everything in transportation is electric. General Motors announced a couple days ago that they're now finally getting into electric cars in a big way and they're going to upset Tesla. Well, good luck. Tesla's way ahead of the curve, <laughs> yeah, okay? I think so. And, 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 and the they have the charging stations. Yeah. And I think that's where Elon did the brilliance is getting those chargers everywhere and then introducing the cars. You're, but go ahead. You're exactly yeah, correct. That's a perfect right. example. Yeah. But if we take a look at companies like Blockbuster's, a perfect example, how you can screw it all up. Okay. Right. They had the perfect brand. They had everything going for them and they didn't react quick enough. Uh, rumor has it that they had the chance to buy Netflix for $50 million and they that. passed. Yeah. yeah. Because, and, and the reason was, it's very right. interesting because they couldn't sell popcorn. <laughs> because they wanted people to come to the store. And you think how ridiculous it is, but right. sometimes people get in that mode. I think in the case of Harley Davidson, and by the way, I'm a huge fan of them. I read all the books about them. I study them. I'm building the Pedego model after Harley Davidson. Sure. It doesn't mean they can sell electric bikes. Right. Just like right. the car companies sure. may not be able to culturally have a problem. The same thing is true in the bike industry. The bike shops are not having good luck right. selling electric right. bikes. Right. They're starting to now, they're forced to, but they think we're cheating. Right. So the bike shops culturally, they have a problem. So I think that even Harley, right. and they, they're not even using the Harley Davidson right. name on it. Right. They, right. they called it Series One, I think. I don't understand what they're trying to do. And they have no distribution network. So right. what do they have right. other than their name? It's almost like they licensed it right. to somebody. And you know, I gotta say for my audience, just having done PR for 25 years, over a thousand clients, we had this one client, I won't mention who it is, probably guess who it is, largest private university in the nation. They went online, which was great. But what they tried to do was do online high school as well. And it affected their stock, it affected their shareholder value. Just because you're really good at something doesn't mean you're going to be good at something else that is much like it, right? So that's where I'm looking at Harley-Davidson entering the electric bike market, scratching my head thinking of that one case study of mine. I don't necessarily know if it's going to fly for them, but hey, it's, it's, a, it's a vanity bike. I get it. It's got the brand on it and such, but I don't know if that's what they're good at. Dropbox is the is the global leader in what they do. Uh, similar in nature to how your brand is becoming that synonymous leader, just like Evite has you know 200 million users. Um, you just kind of own that market share, but then to just go into someone else's market just because you have that brand in your other market, I don't necessarily know if that flies. Uh, as we round up this interview, Don, one of the big differences of our show is we talk about adversity and how it plays into the journey of success or life and all the struggles that our subjects go through. And I feel like 
I connect best with people when I talk about what were their struggles, right? Because we read about the success, but what would be great for our audience is to know what were some of those struggles or hardships or, and, and when you're in your darkest moment as you're building the business, what was it that turned the light on to say, don't give up, get to tomorrow, and things will turn around? Because we've all gone through it as entrepreneurs. What advice do you have and, and experience do you have around adversity? Well, first of all, I'd say, uh, if you believe in it, don't give up and don't listen to the people around you. Uh, not everybody wants your success as bad as you do. Even family members sometimes can work on a negative basis. They, they, they just don't see the vision. Uh, my daughters uh, thought I would, that I'd gone crazy when I decided to open up in the electric bike business. Right, right, Is that right. okay? Even though we had struggles along the way. Right. You have times when you know things weren't going well, you didn't have enough cash in the bank to make right, payroll. Right. You just found a way to make it happen. It happens to every entrepreneur. Absolutely. Payroll, making rent, those are the things you worry about in the beginning. Once you get a degree of success, the next fear you have is losing it. Right, okay, So right. I wake up every morning, I don't want to lose my dominant market position. I'm in a growing market. I've got a great distribution. I wake up in fear of losing what I right, have. Right. So the fear is never going to go away. People said, I'm, I, I'm an entrepreneur and I can't sleep at night. I said, good. That's going to make you a good entrepreneur. Absolutely. If you slept at night, I'd be concerned about you. That's Absolutely. part of being an entrepreneur is not being able to sleep at night on occasion. Those are some great nuggets and takeaways. And in closing, obviously this year of 2020 has been absolutely nuts, right? We had our conference called reInvent and we're very thankful for Pedago stepping up and being such a generous sponsor. In fact, giving away an electric bike helped us get over 100,000 registrations. We actually got the Guinness World Record of the wow, largest virtual marketing card. Yeah, but we share it with you. And this year, a lot of us are now at home working from home and this has given like birth to these activities that we may not have already been doing. Uh, necessarily, and part of that is riding an electric bike. How has this helped your business, and, and how do you see it uh, in the future? Well, um, I think that this whole coronavirus thing has magnified things. The successful models got better in most cases, in some ca obviously not in some cases, but uh, it magnified and it made people aware of it. And we were just very lucky. We have the perfect social distancing, distancing yeah, vehicle. Right. People want outdoor recreation. We're allowed to go outside. We can go ride down the street, not wear a mask. I wake up, I think it's going to stop, but every day gets better and better. Still only half a million electric bikes sold in the market. It's probably going to be five or 10 million electric bikes wow. just five years from now. So people like you are discovering sure. them yeah. and you ride them up the hill and what happens? Yeah. It's like, wow. It's, it's a fun experience, journey, and you can have that in any stage in life, which is the beauty. You know, it's exactly. not dangerous and it's it's fun. And, and, it, and I call it exercise disguised as fun. Because <laughs> you're you also out getting, having Absolutely. exercise, right? Your legs are moving, you're getting some exercise, you're getting sure. some fresh air, and it stimulates not only the body, but the brain as well. Right. And there's a lot of studies about people improving their balance riding a bike on an ongoing basis, keeping your balance as we get older, um, and, and having that uh, mental stimulation sure. as well because when you're riding a bike you've got to be aware of everything around you and it's constant stimulation absolutely well don thank you so much for being on our show and that was really really great insights there you're one of the uh greatest thought leaders of our generation and what you're doing with your business and the impact you're making on so many people's lives uh it, it really brings us joy when we get on our bikes and we have our time together as a family and as a community and we we have you to to partially thank for that so thank you and thank all of you for joining you we'll see you on the next impact television show thank you oh dear that definitely does not look like fun you know it's fun a pedigo electric bike. It's fun, it's easy, and much more comfortable. Pedigo, hello fun.